Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. The Tribeca Festival starts on June 7th through June 18th in New York City. This is Tony's 10th year in covering this famed festival. This is part of a series of specials from the past and present festivals. Let's listen. Hi, welcome to Sci-Fi Talk, as I have the Actors of the Audience award-winning Here Alone, which won at the Tribeca Film Festival, and that's where I sat down with a roundtable with Lucy Walters, who plays Anne, Gina Piersanti, who is Olivia, and Adam David Thompson, who plays Chris. The movie follows Anne as she is the lone survivor from her family of a post-apocalyptic virus. Into her solitary life comes Chris and his daughter Olivia, which forever change her life and offer new challenges. I just kind of got caught up in her routine of what she was doing. I mean, Probably how she survived. Yeah. And then the flashback started and you're saying, oh, okay. Yeah. That was uh, a person with a life. And that's yeah. the thing. Right, and that she's, I, what I like about it is that and I, it's funny how I, some, I think this conversation actually probably first happened um, in talking with wardrobe. Like, who is this person before all this happened? Like, we sort of mostly know her or them, you know, in this context. But who is she beforehand? And she's not somebody who probably chooses to go camping or, to, you know, she mm-hmm. likes pretty soft, sweet things. She's a, she is a frillier person than the situation has called upon. Sci-Fi Talk continues, so stay tuned. But the wheel is scrounging for food. And, you know, and the thing is, there's it's body language, too. Like, when she has the gun on her shoulder, you know she can use it. Just yeah. by the way she carries herself. Yeah. And, you know, that's little things that really kind of flesh the character out mm-hmm. and, and make it believable. I agree. You know? Mm-hmm. So, we were talking about this, and the, the impression that I got is... Um, She's either, she could be like in her own in prison or her own self-imposed exile for reasons we find out and why they're valid. I mean, in life, sometimes people do that, whether there's an apocalypse or not. Something bad happens and they just kind of shut out the world and kind of create their own. Totally. Totally. Yeah, sure. That's, I think, why we were all talking about how we really connected to the script was that you can tell that all of the characters are real people just in an extreme situation and it's not written um, in a way that that like makes us look like action heroes or you know superheroes it's it's real people just in a very specific high stakes environment which is why I think we all can really relate to the characters yeah you find out like how they act out through instinct you know and you wonder I guess I mean it's scary to think about but in the world that we live in now, like, it's not necessarily that far away. I mean, like, it, something like this could happen very easily, and that, how would you react in this situation? You know, I think that that's what we all kind of had to do is put ourselves in that position of, like, okay, like, if this was true, how do you survive? How do you go from moment to moment? How do you still care for each other, but also make save yourself and, you know, all of those things. I mean, that's what made it so kind of brutally real is because of the fact that Dave wrote such real characters. I mean, these aren't, you know, one-dimensional um, horror film characters, you know, like somebody's like, I'm just going to go take a shower, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, these, this is actually like people trying to survive. And I think that that's what, what makes it so cross-genre, you know, defying in that way, you know. 
what's interesting too is she has this life and both of you come into it mm-hmm. and that changes the dynamic of her life there's a great scene where you're you're kind of you know trying to make things a little lighter and she says to you why are you doing that are you forgetting the environment that we're in right now mm-hmm. uh, kind of talk about that how you're both looking at it a little different well obviously because you got a little bit of pain there but uh, and you kind of hang on to it but you know talk about that that scene and their points of view well I also don't think that like I mean obviously Anne has gone through a lot but so is Chris so is Olivia I mean I, I think that it really shows like how who these people are very early on because you know Chris says and I'm not saying it exactly but Chris says I never forget what happened I just choose when to remember it and I think that for Chris living in the past is doing nothing you know he now has another life that he's responsible for and Chris is all about moving forward everything is moving forward and anything in the past if anything it fuels him it doesn't hinder him you know that he will do right by the people that he had to leave behind and so I was just saying before I think that if this were to happen I would hope that I would have the same outlook that Chris does you know because and in the dynamic between the three of us the situation needs it. It needs some sort of levity. It needs like it needs you know. It needs everything. But I think that some sort of brightness, just to get to the next day. I mean, that's all sure. we're dealing with is the next day, the next minute, the next second. Anne is so stuck, like you said, in this self-imposed prison within you know a horrific environment. But I think she is so self-flagellating because because there's so much guilt and and. And I think it would, in some ways, it just feels like to have any levity is to, is like to dishonor what, what happened, what she went through. So it feels, it feels somehow offensive to even, to to even find any joy. You know, we have to stay there. And, you know, we bond with the characters that we play, but like, I also, I feel like I, you know, I, I appreciate, I, I wish that I had Lucy Walters had more of a dose of, of, of Chris, <laughs> you know, like just sort of finding the, the silly. I think that that is so um, important. But I but unfortunately, I think I do li- live my own life with a little too much of a furrowed brow, you know, a little too like and that, that like somehow the work is what feels right. So, I mean, in, in some ways it was it was wonderful and, and a relief to play a character who is not who actually isn't a stretch even though of course these are such tightened circumstances but like she takes it all really seriously and for better or for worse so do I and I get it I get that it's like oh we're trying to focus here like we can't just skip rocks you know like can we just so so I, I 100% get it both ways and yet and yet I will say that just you know the grueling um, process of, of working on this film and it was it was it was really fun but it was really hard and 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 I think you actually realize because because there is something so sort of like tightly wound about just making it happen you know under under duress in some ways you know that it was kind of you actually appreciate those moments of of levity um 
so much more. So so they were they were important obviously not just for the storytelling but like for us too and I think Absolutely. we 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 made an you know Rod is like the king of being able especially when things get too too heady or too intense or too dark to just you know make a fart joke and it's like mm-hmm. oh right right but also when things were when <laughs> we were when we were in it and we were you know there was a couple of scenes where you know it, it was tough for any of us to get through Rod was experiencing it all at the same time and you know at one point I got done with a scene and Rod just came in to we were in the car and he came in and he was just pouring tears and we just like you know, he came in and just hugged us. And so Rod was there throughout. I mean. Right. No, I didn't mean to. Be no, I know. I know. But I'm just saying like he, he knew how to like, Rod was so good in the way of like knowing how to be there with us and then bring us out of it. It was just such a cool, yeah. he had such a great control of the set in that way yeah. that never felt like it always felt like we were truly like in it together, you know? Yeah. That's why we here call this together. movie Here Together. You know, for your character, uh, there's a couple of scenes. I liked the bonding that you two were doing, out, you know, with Anne. In the, when she was te- Anne was teaching you how to, you know, kind of scrounge for food a little bit. Right. But there was some bonding going on there, right. and I appreciated that. Mm. And, you know, it's the apocalypse. She doesn't have another female role model mm-hmm. right now. So, I feel I like Chris is a pretty good female robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so talk about kind of playing, I guess, a teenager in the apocalypse. Yeah, well, I think part of what really drew me to the script was the fact that I, I read a lot of um, teenage girl roles, and they get really repetitive, and they get very, um, very stereotypical and very one-dimensional. So this really spoke to me because it wasn't about things that I think writers usually think of first when they're like, oh, a teenage girl problem, let's like think of, you know, mm-hmm. what that means. And I think it was more about circumstance and more about the relationships between our characters and less about age or gender, um, which I really appreciated. Yeah. And I thought that all of our... Um, and your approach to her, I felt like, was so genuine there because yeah. you were you were such... You are the most mature teenager I feel like I've ever met. But <laughs> Way also, more mature than yeah, I but I also feel like you, you brought that. Obviously, there was like you know the dark, brooding, teenagery stuff, but you brought you brought also a maturity to that. You didn't. You could have played her. You you could have you could have put all that baggage yeah. that, that that people often want. Um, I've actually thought about this because like you, another actress wouldn't have done what you did with that role and I think that role was it could have remained stereotypical even though it wasn't written that way Mm -hmm. it could have been you know um, pigtails and iPhones you know what I mean but I think that what no cell service in the apocalypse but you know just to have it just to have it (laughs) there you know it's like it's like it's like a phantom limb yeah Um, but you know the, the fact that you played it with such maturity and honestly like when something like this happens and what Olivia had gone through at that point. Mm. I mean, that matures you pretty darn fast, you know? And I also love, like, our costumer is unbelievable. Her name is Brooke. And, you know, Brooke was able to take, like, what... Brooke Bennett. Brooke Bennett. (laughs) Um, But what Brooke, like, did with your costume, it's like, it doesn't look like she was leaving for any sort of amount of time. And, you know, I always thought about, like, they were probably like, put on some pants. And you're like, it's going to be hot, you know? 
you know, cut to further into this thing, and she's first winner. You know, she's she's fully in it. You know, she's fully a part of it. And I think that what you the the maturity that you played her with. Because she's wrestling with being a woman and, and what yeah. that means. And it's so much more interesting to see someone, yeah, trying to figure, trying to navigate that transition. Yeah. It's, it's also, of course, she has an element of, like, dependency. Obviously, anyone who is in the woods and not used to, like, surviving would yeah. have that on whoever is around them. But especially being, like, younger than everyone, I think that was interesting and not not in a way of just like being the one who's always like okay so what are we eating tonight but just like in her relationship with like that and like wanting to wanting to like find her um sort of place in like in like helping or like observing or like whatever was happening was sort of interesting there's a there's a scene that if it wasn't directed right and played right the movie could have hit a speed bump Mm -hmm. and that's when you're waiting in the tent for your dad to come back Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's such a great scene it was played so well Mm -hmm. and then you discover you know where dad is Uh, but you know like I said in the wrong hands whether it's direction or you're acting if it was just played the wrong way it would be like "Mm -hmm." it was actually I left I was watching that scene and I go oh wow she's it's actually there was, there was an innocence to it. Yes. And yes. you know she's she she's becoming a woman. Right. You know that's that's what I got out of it. Yeah. So totally. Totally. And really beautiful. It I, felt really honest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Totally. But I think that that speaks to the film as a whole. You know, Rod. The restraint of the film. The, the restraint, restraint of that film. But I mean, of that scene. Yeah. Yes. Because yes, yes. he. he uh, what I was telling my wife after I watched it, I said, nothing is served to you as an audience member. However every bit of it's on that plate in front of you you just have to choose to eat it you know what i mean nothing is spoon fed to you but it's all there for you if you're paying attention if you're not looking at your phone if you're there with it and that scene in particular there's so much restraint that it rides that line of like making sure the audience understands what's going on but not overdoing it and i think rod with this film has ridden that line so well and it's like that's what makes this movie so lean and it moves and it's just like it's it's just such a little fighter like I love this movie I think that's what makes it such a special film especially in the realm of genre because there are so many films that are thrillers or horror films that have so much like gratuitous Mm -hmm. you know emotion or violence or sound or whatever and obviously I haven't seen the final cut but um, I really felt that even in the script that it was so subtle Mm -hmm. and and really like 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 a mature script like a mature genre film right yeah it was very much so sci-fi talk returns in a moment so for the ladies especially talking about going into that house and <laughs> in that house because uh, we were talking about it it is like another character and the way they live yeah. and everything yeah and I heard about the baby being buried downstairs. Oh, he oh yeah. I forgot this horror film. Oh, that's, that's wild. Well, that's, they probably didn't tell you on purpose. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it, gosh, it was, that was really fun to film. That was, was like a high adrenaline day. Yeah. I mean, all it's this is the way it always is. You read a script and you have you have your own visuals and then it just takes life off its own once you see... Like the mud, yeah. what that actually is, or the yeah. house, or that. It's so funny being covered in mud. Every time I would see a photo, I'd be like, "Wait, is this? Who oh, is this?" I couldn't tell the difference between you and me. Yeah. And you and I look very different. Yeah, yeah. it's really bizarre. Yeah, 
the eye color is the only giveaway. Mm -hmm. Totally. (laughs) Um, Sorry, but the house. um, Right. (laughs) Yeah, the house did bring a a lot. You just understand that world and who these people are. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I'm trying to... What do I want to say about the house? It gives you more context, I feel, because being in the woods, you're just like, oh, reality TV show. Like, there are, like, moments where you, like, forget what's happening, and then that really provides, like, a context. And the fact that, like, time hasn't... Like, there's something about this that feels so timeless, and it feels like, oh, it's in the future, or it's a... But something about that in that house like time stopped a long time you know years like there's something dated i mean granted you know anywhere outside of you know big cities on the coast are gonna feel a little like but but also a few steps from that i mean not only did it stop like at christmas but it stopped in time like i just feel like there was so many clues just sort of like you know it's hard to know like we wrestled with like who were these people socioeconomically aside from you know every there's obviously leveled the playing fields now but like who were they beforehand and who were and i feel like all of these clues again you can kind of create your own story but they they do have very specific um they, they yeah they, they they flesh it out in a way that does that does help yeah, I mean, the flashbacks were very key for you. Yeah. We got to see, uh, you know, the, the scenes with Shane. He's probably filming Salem, right? Yeah, Which yeah, is probably like yeah. This, this is Shane. So, uh, actually, I'll be talking to you about that coming up, because that's a great show. Too. Yeah, 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 he's so good. He's uh, awesome. But, uh, yeah, it was kudos to get him. But one thing I, I did get out of it, though, was the fact that he's, like, showing you what to do and stuff like that. But I got the feeling that she kind of learned a lot on her own. Oh, and, yeah. And... Uh, and you know, she was an expert with that gun on her own. You didn't have to teach her much. You know, but I, it was good to see those flashbacks and their relationship and, well, the, and the family unit, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny because at first I really wrestled with that because I thought it would be... It sort of I, I thought maybe it would make the, the the fall if you will harder if it was like well she's used to having more or she's or or it's coming from a really loving relationship or like I think it would be a tendency to to kind of have have to start from more of a positive so that then you can go to a, to such a dark place but I actually really appreciate that like no none of it had to be sugar coated like it, this was realism in in life or whatever you know and and this was a different kind of realism so i appreciated that like that wasn't actually all something to romanticize either that 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 relationship was was fraught and we're trying as relationships they're hard and um so and again it would have been easy to sort of reduce him as just being a, a jerk but he was actually the most selfless one there I mean he was really trying to look out for me I, I, I did learn a hell of a lot from from him and trying to not just but teach me how to fit you know teach me how to not just be the provider but try to try to give me some knowledge and a lot and, of that was written but, you know but Shane brought such a that's what I was going to say he, he to really it. did bring some oh, cool. yeah. yeah some real depth to that to that role yeah yeah, but no, it was I, a real boon getting him for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I loved, like, you know, Chris's monologue about what happened to his family, you know, yeah. part of, other part of his family, which we won't get into in specifics. But um, that was, um, that was, that was very key to kind of get an idea of who he was. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that too. That was really good. You know, Dave wrote this amazing monologue. And honestly, that was the one thing that scared me the most about doing this film. I, you know, you, I've never. You know, you, you just don't get that anymore. You don't get a, a monologue that's actually 
well written. It's not indulgent in any way, and it it tells a story. You know, it, it's so easy to like, you know, go, um, you know, into some sort of like fuzzy flashback with a voiceover of it happening or anything. And it's like just what happened. And I think what Dave did so wonderfully, and like where Dave and I are so. Um, kind of threaded together as they were both young dads mm -hmm. and so I think that what he where like what he wrote was to the heart of me you know as a human being as an actor as a father and so when we got to kind of flesh that out with Rod and and really like explore what this was like for Chris beforehand it just, it informed it so much more. And I think that that was just Dave being, you know, a, a fantastic writer. Um, and you're, and you're right. It's like, we've all, like, everybody's been through such a tragedy and no matter what economics, you know, status you were, it's like, we're all in it together now, you know, here together. <laughs> the movie to me is about humanity, losing your humanity. And you all have had it in this film is choices and the choices are so hard for each of you you know it's uh, you know we'll get specific here but yeah there was some in, in the backstories in the present and in the future there's a lot of hard choices in this world and how you all I think that's what I related to that would hook me the human part of the story mm -hmm. yeah I mean the infected were cool and all that yeah but I'm with you yeah, no, yeah. I've seen my share of zombies yeah, yeah you know and, and walkers or whatever yeah 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 and, and those guys do a good job too don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but oh, right, uh, yeah. you know and you know actually I was thinking I go gee you know I, I said it's kind of sad because if it if the walking dead wasn't around people would really be talking about right, it I know I know yeah. but it's not a knockoff or anything yeah. like that. I, I just, it was a human story, and um, it, in this context, it's cool to tell a story about losing, keeping our humanity, mm -hmm. and then making choices in life and yeah. the impact of those choices. And that's not, that's not genre. That's life. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so. I think that's why we are all drawn to the project. You yeah. just, you just nailed it because defies genre. It, it does. does, and you know. I, when Rod called us to, to tell us that we had gotten into Tribeca and we were all so over the moon about it, I it actually surprised me that we were in the midnight. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right. Because in, in my mind, what this film is, is it's a story about three people, you know, with this fourth, like, with the past being, you know, Shane and the past itself being a character. And then it's like, oh, right. We are a midnight movie, but I think it's, it's genre-defying in the way that it's just a, it's a human story, you know. So, and I think that that's why people really relate to it. They relate to individual characters. They relate to the characters as a whole, and that's what makes it so interesting and, and, and cutting, you know. Yeah, I mean, Anne was sucked me into the world. I mean, I followed her. Like, yeah. All right. So good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Bring it. I, I, I gotta ask you real quick. Mm -hmm. Was that water cold in that lake? Oh, was it? Yeah. It was just like <laughs> it was raining slimy. too. Yeah. It was funny. I, I feel like we were colder in the summer, just because we were sort of always. It was. It just rained. It just yeah. rained the whole time. Yeah. So you never really dried out, and and mm. we're. We had a filthy. chance to get <laughs> in three showers a day to get the mud oh off. Oh my god! Oh, wow. We so were so <laughs> so cold. Yeah. So that whole that's what I remember, which is funny because we shot in the summer, and I would have thought summer upstate would not have been. Oh no! It was yeah, it was cold. freezing, <laughs> and that water was so 
<laughs> well, God bless you. <laughs> no, was, thank you. It was part of the process. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. I, her, the whole process of putting the mud on and everything. I go, mm. oh, okay, she's going to. Well, let's see what she's going to do with that. And I go, oh, yeah. see, I see. Yeah. You're going to have to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Really good. Cool. It's uh, right now. There, there's two movies I really liked. I think it's this one and also Equals. Mm-hmm. And I really oh, good. Liked. Well, we'll go yeah. see that one too. Good. Yeah, with Nicholas Holt and. Uh, oh, he's yeah, great. Yeah, he was great. He was great. Yeah. But this one was, and that's a human story too. So. Cool. We'll check it out. Thank you so much. You're so wonderful to talk to. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Look for Here Alone on Demand. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks so much for listening. Here Alone should definitely be a film you're looking out for. There is more looking ahead to new and past films of the Tribeca Festival, so stay tuned.